Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. How is Craig today? I'm doing well. Thank you. very good. Thanks for asking. Is it affected by the fact that we have a special guest? Oh, I have. I've looked forward to this. One of the most miraculous beings to walk the planet. I mean, definitely not like Jesus level, but I mean handsome and no doubt cool yeah and i'd just like to give you props being the producer of the podcast to be able to land this guest yeah i you should it took a long time and honestly everyone out there knows how small our budget is but i had to i'd really ring that thing out and get get all the money together because i talked to everybody can see this room they would say yeah it's it's low budget dude i talked to your agent (laughs) and they were they were rough to deal with our people talk to your people yeah that's right so anyways (laughs) Thanks to God's grace, we were able to get Rob Tombrella on to the podcast. Hey, man. Guys, I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I've listened to the podcast, and I've yet to be on it, and I'm very, very excited about being here. So thank you. Dude, thank you so much. I know you have a really busy traveling schedule, a lot of engagements and speeches to give. And I mean, you're just an important all-around guy, so it's really meaningful that you would uh, well, I mean, we paid you, so I mean, it's I guess it's just a job. <laughs> That's, true. Yeah, That's true. That's true. Thanks coffee. for the, fi- the no, five bucks. No, and a cup you coffee. volunteered because you're such a kind <laughs> man, and we have no budget, and you're on staff here. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been going on with you, man? Uh, well, today is a lot of uh, alpha prep. Alpha, oh, that's right. Alpha. Yeah, tonight's the tonight, first night, right? First night of alpha. alpha cool. Nights are kind of a preview night where people kind of gather and. Yeah. Kind of see what Alpha is all about, and um, and I am also preparing for our Rise Up weekend shh, coming up in the next couple we'll, of weeks. We'll be talking about that uh, okay. later. I'll, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep that's a little teaser. Yes, you're uh, yeah. yeah, you're getting their taste buds going. Okay. It's a little uh, hors d'oeuvre. Um, cool. Well, uh, so you had uh, we're going to be having guests into the church. Um, are there people from our church going attending? Because um, I know we were having people volunteer to to serve at Alpha as well. Yeah, right? Alpha is an event for kind of everybody. It's kind of a, cool. a people who are in, kind of in the church looking for an opportunity to kind of hit pause. Yeah, just focus on the relationship with God. Mm, uh, So it's kind of a renewal ministry in that way, but it's also for people in the community, people who are at a place of just wanting to explore their faith, their their questions about God, their questions about Christ, all those kinds of things. So that's kind of what Alpha's designed for. Very cool. Cool. Well, uh, no, it's a busy evening for you, but seriously, thank you for being yeah, here. Thanks, Excited Rob. To Absolutely, you man. Join it's in exciting. our conversation. You, and uh, um, Cool. Well, uh, why don't we jump in to our questions? We got quite a few this week. That was exciting. And uh, um, yeah, so uh, we were talking about the Lord's Prayer in uh, Matthew 6 on Sunday morning. And here's some of the questions we got. Let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, first question is this. In light of Jesus's command not to pray mindlessly like the Gentiles, any practical advice for how to pray through a list of needs without the practice becoming rote and mindless? I've enjoyed a richer prayer life since I began praying through the scriptures and using them as my model for my personal times of prayer. However, the reality is I still end up at the end of my devotions with a list of requests I've committed to pray for others that I just don't get to mainly because it just feels like a dry exercise of praying through my list. If I don't keep a list and only pray for others as they come to mind when praying through a psalm, for instance, many requests will fall through the cracks. But praying through lists can feel so rote, and it's hard to engage my heart and mind. Any suggestions? Well, I, I just think that's a fantastic question. Um, this is someone who's really obviously taking prayer seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of praying through Scripture, and this person mentions praying 
you know, through a psalm in particular. Um, this, this is excellent because this is really engaging, not only reading, but seeking to engage the word mm-hmm. and respond to the word to the Lord in prayer. So I love the question and, um, and the concern of, you know, not just sort of mindlessly checking out and running through a uh, checklist, but at the same time, the person saying, I need a list uh, because if I just pray, whoever pops into my mind, I'm probably not going to be as faithful to pray yeah, for the yeah. needs of others. Um, so a couple of th- thoughts on this um, to help engage if you have a prayer list. Uh, I've tried a few things over the years. One idea might be not to just run through the same list on a daily basis. So if you've got 10 things you're praying for, uh, there's something, there's biblically, uh, you know, exam- precedent for uh faithfully pursuing and bringing the same request to the Lord. But one thing might be able to do, one thing to do might be able to, um, you might be able to, uh, you know, separate your list into categories. This might keep it fresher and sort of pray for certain categories on certain days. Mm. So maybe on Monday, you just pray through the list of things that regard your family. Uh, On Tuesday, you pray through work stuff. If there's something, a coworker project, there's something on your list for work. Uh, You know, on Wednesdays, you pray for church stuff, pray for your community group, um, whatever friends, the ministries that are going on, uh, Rise Up Weekend and Alpha we're talking about tonight here. So that might be a way. And then, you know, each day, so every day is not the same, but each day you have a component. So in the course of a week, you've prayed through everything in your list, but each day it's been a little more concentrated thematically. And there's certain burdens you carry that you don't need to have them on a list. Mm. They're family members, they're, if you're married, maybe something particularly in your marriage, maybe you're really struggling in an area personally, you don't need a list on that. You're going to pray for that anyway. So that's one idea is to take your list. And so it's not the same every day. It's more like once a week you're praying for it. And then you kind of have a thematic approach. Yeah. Another, another idea would be rather than just running through a list and ticking off items, um, see if you can make the list and the prayer list a little bit more interactive. So one of the things I've done is, you know, praying for someone and then after praying for them, just stopping and sending them an email, uh, sending them a text. Hey, just, uh, just want you to know I'm thankful for you. And this morning praying for that job interview you have and trusting God with you. Let me know how it goes. Uh, but something like that. So that really mixes it up. My mind, my mind can't drift if I'm actually engaging the Lord and then doing something right then to engage the person mm. that I'm praying for. So this is a list of people that are being prayed for it is what the person's indicating. Yeah. So that's just another idea. A couple, I mean, it's a couple ideas that might keep it fresh so that every day you don't have the same 10 items for every day right, just right, running yeah. through the list. You feel like it's a grocery list or something. So, uh, but I love, I would continue to pray the scripture like you're saying. So there's that you're engaging the Lord on in his word and on, uh, you know, as he reveals himself to you, but then maybe you rotate your list. Maybe you interact with those, just a couple ideas to keep it fresh. Yeah, that's good. And I think it's a, it's a question that a lot of people relate to. So uh, thanks for answering that. So uh, hopefully. (laughs) Did you have any thoughts on that, Rob? (laughs) Uh, That was thorough. Uh, I would, I guess the only thing I would say is just to be really honest with the Lord about that. Like one of the things that's helpful whenever I'm approaching anything in my spirituality that's, that is, um, that's dry, especially spiritual discipline or church worship, everything has the, the, the potential of becoming dry and no I think just being honest with the Lord about that to yeah. say, look, look, Lord, I've got my list. Uh, people have asked me to pray for these things. I confess to you that it's dry. Help me to think the way I'm supposed to think. Help me to feel the way I'm supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. And that helps. I mean, just engaging with the Lord about the list before you pray over the list or through the list or whatever is, is helpful for me. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. Cool. Next question. <laughs> 
Hi, Grace Church Conversations peeps. <laughs> nice. What a great introduction to the question. <laughs> In light of the prayer for the Lord's provision, where does one find the balance between preparing for emergencies like job loss, zombie apocalypse, etc., and praying for day-by-day provision? Thanks. Boy, that's a good question, isn't that it? That is, and especially the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. I, the Bible has a lot to say to yeah, that specifically. I, ex- so. Exactly, a zombie. Well, just <laughs> if, you, if you get the uh, Costco 26 pounds of mac and cheese, you're, you're good for any zombie that's apocalypse. Right. <laughs> I can't, I, I, when you mentioned that, I, yeah. help, I cannot remember what the televangelist's name is who oh, always is selling I do the know and, stuff. And I, I, I know yes. you're not going to say it. Yes, I do know it is. The is it okay self- that I got hungry while you mentioned yeah, exactly. mac and cheese? I mean, oh, we were goodness. all thinking about lunch yes. and you brought that. So delicious. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think this is a great uh, question. These are all good questions. But what this uh, questioner is really doing is trying to balance two biblical truths. And we have to do this. I mean, you read the text for what it is, and it stands on its own. But then the text has to be interpreted uh, according to all the scripture. We, we must interpret the scripture in light of the scripture. And so they're pointing out, hey, there's this tension in the Bible. And man, following Christ, we just live in all kinds of tensions. So here's one. How do I pray, you know, for daily bread and how am I responsible? How am I called to be responsible uh, as far as I can for the future? Um, Like a job loss or something like that. I I want to point out a couple scriptures because the Bible does say we're, you know, we just talked about daily bread, but the Bible does say to be prepared. For instance, Uh, Proverbs 30, verses 24 through 25 in the NIV says, Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. The first one, ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Hmm. Kind of making the point that ants are rather unimpressive, they're small, and yet the text says they are extremely wise. Why? Because when they can get food in the summer, they store it up for the winter, Hmm. uh, which goes beyond their daily what do ants eat? I don't know. Their daily their daily bread. nectar <laughs> or something. De- nectar? I really? don't know. Isn't that bees? Ants? Bees? I don't know. They're <laughs> insects. An ant- Can you Google that while I'm answering the question? I what ants eat. Find okay, this we'll out. find that out. Okay, thanks, Jared. <laughs> uh, Proverbs twenty one twenty says the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. And if you're gulping down olive oil, fool would be the name for you. But if you, uh, the wise store up choice food in olive oil, but fools go down. So the fool takes, the point of the proverb is, the fool has whatever's in front of him and consumes it today. Whereas the wise person uh, stores up for the future. So daily bread, yet go to the ant and look and consider the ant and prepare for the future. Uh, so there, what's the balance between you know saving and foolishly hoarding uh, things and not trusting the Lord? Well, we're always going to have to trust the Lord. So even if you have something saved up for tomorrow, we're still called to trust the Lord, um, re- regardless of what happens. Um, we have to prepare for the future, uh, for potential loss. We also have to prepare for retirement. There'll be a day when we're not drawing a paycheck. So we have to prepare for that day as well. So what's the answer to this? I, I mean, I don't really have the answer. Uh, you, you have to come before the Lord. This is a personal decision you have to make. I think the categories are, am I saving for retirement? Am I saving for the day I won't have a paycheck? Number one. And am I saving at some level for a cushion in case uh, wisely, in case of loss? So uh, different people are going to recommend different things. Someone may say you need to have, uh, you know, a month's uh, salary cushion. Some may say three months, some may say six months. Um, 
you know, this liquid that you could tap into in case that you have, uh, you lose your job or whatever, but you're going to have to decide on what goal is wise for you and then shoot towards saving towards that while continuing to be faithful to serve others and give along the way, but trying to get to some kind of goal, one month salary, three months, six months, whatever, and then say, this is, this is for a rainy day in case I uh, lose my job and I have an emergency here. Uh, I'm ready to cover it. Um, I, I think. And so also to help this person who asked a great question to get a better answer than I just yeah. gave. One, you could go to the Generosity 101 class. Good idea. And then you could go ask Dave Kelly personally, who might have some <laughs> figures. I gave you one to six month range. You might be able to give you a little more help on that. And we thought this question was so good that Jared, two weeks in a row, we're giving away a book. Well, man, that's just evidence that people are giving more money to our budget. I mean, it's it's fantastic. Actually, and we got this book for free from Tim. Exactly. <laughs> uh, he just gave me this book. Uh, but no, I've read this book. It's very good. Redeeming Money by Paul David Tripp. They use this in the Generosity 101 class, How God Reveals and Reorients Our Heart. So this is really, I didn't get at the heart issue, but this is a heart issue. It's Lord, I'm asking you for my daily bread and I'm trusting you for the future. And I'm going to seek to be a faithful steward and be responsible for the future. So it's yeah. really a heart issue. Yeah. And uh, this book will really help you. So um, it, you'll get back with a person and uh, let them know we're going to, uh, we'll mail this out to them. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, it's a, it's, this is a great book. If you're looking for a finance book, I would get this, uh, Redeeming Money. Now, what does an ant eat? Yeah, I was going to say, we, we have a very important thing to go back to. Now, if you can, let's, let's rewind maybe, I don't know, four or five minutes. And let's recall um, kind of the tone you used in questioning my answer of nectar oh as an ant food. Yes. I, Rob, do you remember? It was I kind of a mocking, you. maybe it was, a, there's it was a lot of condescending. Sarcasm. You were just, yeah, it was, it was really it's, condescending. It's one of my so, gifts. I'm just <laughs> Condescension. So I, I said that, you know, ants eat their daily nectar and Craig decided that he needed to mock me with the tone in his voice. And here, when I Google, what do ants eat? What does it say? Many ants eat sugary nectar wow. or the liquid sugar. that plants yeah. make. They also feed on the sweet honeydew liquid that aphids make. Wow. Aphids are another kind of insect, so that's gross. And you will see ants eating oranges, mangoes, and other sweet fruits wow. as well. So there you go. Just yeah, goes to I, show I, you I, that I, sometimes I, you think I, Jerry's wrong, but in the end, he's I right. I recognize your ant knowledge superiority to me for sure. So. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, this is silly. But when I was in the, uh, I think it was fifth grade, <laughs> I did a science project. My science project. Yes. I was ant laughing. I was laughing while you were giving the answer because I was. It was in an ant farm. It was. I, I thought this is so clever. Do ants choose what they eat? So I put all oh. these I put all these things around an ant pile to see what they would choose, and uh, what I discovered was it was sugar and carbs, <laughs> same as <laughs> same as us. Yeah. The I same thing it. I choose. They the choose. ant oh, choose. Good. Go to the ant. Go to the ant. Yeah, for that's sure. actually I a really good it. experiment, Rob. That is yeah. good. I mean, smart fifth got me grade. Just, we got Rob here for this, and he knew. Yeah. I mean, for such a time as this, he did yeah. that fifth grade uh, by project. God's providence. Here we are. We talked about ants. He, we, had right <laughs> <laughs> we had the right guest. If we ever, if we ever have any further text on, because they're in, they show up in the proverbs a lot. Yeah. The ants do. So if they do, we'll bring Rob back. Yeah. Yeah. Science questions. I'm, I'm here for that's you. Great. That's great. Yeah. I'm still waiting for Craig's apology, but you know what, Jared? I'm sorry for looking down upon your brilliant answer <laughs> and laughing at you. And uh, I, I, I am, uh, I'm ashamed of my behavior. Apology accepted. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay. In verse 14 of chapter six, it says, if we don't forgive others, then our father won't forgive us. Hasn't God already forgiven us for every sin through Jesus? If so, then what does that mean? 
Yeah, this person was listening and thinking, right? We yes. don't have we don't have a book for them, but uh, but they were really thinking <laughs> about it because um, they're asking about verse fourteen, where he says, "If if uh, if you don't forgive others, your Father in heaven won't for, forgive your trespasses." So to answer that, I think we just go back to the you know, so the person saying, "How does that work?" I think we go back to verse twelve and ask very similar question: How does this work? Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. So at at one level. There's no need to pray, forgive us our debts, because at the moment of faith, at the moment of saving faith, all of our sins, past, present, and future, were erased. We were justified. We were declared righteous before God. So at one level, through Christ. So at one level, every day we wake up to Romans 8, 1, there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So at one level, the reality is that um, there's no kind con- there's nothing, there's no sin being held against us. We are completely free in Christ. But at another level, he's saying, uh, Forgive us our debt. So what I'm, the way I'm going to answer this question is just quote the ESV study Bible. I, I really appreciate the ESV study Bible. If you don't have a study Bible, this is the one I would recommend to get. And I think they so simply, I don't know who did, I don't know what commentator did Matthew, but um, so simply answer this. So this is their comment on uh, verse 12, forgive us our debts. It says, forgive us our debts does not mean that believers need to ask daily for justification. So I don't need to be declared right with the Lord on a daily basis. That's mm-hmm. happened eternally. I'm in Christ. Uh, since believers are justified forever from the moment of initial saving faith. Rather, this is a prayer for the restoration of personal fellowship with God when fellowship has been hindered by sin. And then in verse 14, their comment again is, Jesus reemphasizes the importance of forgiving others, indicating there's a direct relationship between having been forgiven by God and the forgiveness that his disciples of necessity must extend to others. Forgive your trespasses here refers to restoration of personal relationship with God, not to initial justification. So there's a sense in which the questioner is 100% right, that haven't we already been forgiven in Christ? We're in, in him eternally. Yes, we are forgiven people, but we do in our sanctification where our, our actual behavior and activity is not 100% righteous as our just as we are positionally in our justification. So it does affect our relationship in mm. terms of certainly our fellowship with the Lord. And so uh, we're always his children. We're always adopted. There's there's never condemnation. And yet we need to acknowledge and and acknowledge what Christ has done for us and receive cleansing his cleansing power on a daily basis yeah. um, and then extend the same thing to others. So I, that's a helpful way to think about it. It's not for our justifying sal- justification or salvation. It is uh, something that has to do with, uh, you know, engaging fellowship with the Lord, which is. Uh, which is clearly our lives are affected by sin, you know, yeah, willful, willful yeah. sin. So I, I just, I'm just going to go to the ESV study Bible and say, I can't do any better than that. I think that those <laughs> are really, I think that's a really helpful, succinct way to mm-hmm. an, that they answer it. Yeah, that's good. To restoration of fellowship. Yep. Mm-hmm. Rob, you're awfully quiet over there. Do you have any thoughts? Well, I just a thought of agreement. First John says, if we yeah. say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, you know, the question could be, hasn't he already forgiven our, our sins? Yeah. Well, he has, but uh, we sin on a daily basis, right. hourly basis at times. And so uh, that restoration of fellowship requires 
us to confess our sins. Right. That's mm. that's how it works in my marriage. I'm, I stay married to my wife, but yep. uh, on the rare occasion that I am a jerk to my wife, <laughs> I need to humble myself and ask for her forgiveness, and yeah. uh, and that fellowship is restored. So yeah, that's mm. good. It's yeah. good. Yeah. Good illustration. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, last question. I had a question on Sunday's message. The Lord's Prayer, Craig mentioned that uh, Jesus warned against praying with a technique or formula and to approach God with sincerity, simplicity, and humility, thinking more of him than our presentation. I read the Battle Plan for Prayer book, and they used a formula labeled uh, ACTS, uh, so it just acts. Right. Uh, a, uh, acknowledge God for who he is. C, confess your sins to God. T, thankfulness for everything God has done for you. And S, supplications for those you're praying for. Is this okay to follow? Or does that run counter to what Jesus is talking about? Thanks for answering my question. You know, one of the things about doing this, Jared, the Conversations podcast is uh, I really appreciate a question like this because the risk of any preacher, Rob or myself or Caleb or Bob or a guest preacher, anybody who's preaching here, uh, the risk is to be misunderstood. And I, so I really appreciate this question because I get to briefly clarify kind of what I meant about a formula. Uh, I don't know the book the person refers mm-hmm. to, but I do know the ACTS acronym for prayer and have yeah. used that myself. Uh, and I think it is a great outline because mm-hmm. I think it is clear and it gives focus on how to pray. Um, and we were just talking about confession of sin. That's one of them. Gratitude. How are you going to argue with giving thanks to the Lord uh, every day, you know, um, acknowledging who he is? So I, I think it's I think it's very good. And it also incidentally puts S for supplication last. So it just like the Lord's Prayer mirrors the goal of putting your requests after you've already acknowledged God or adored him. I've yeah, heard of that, yeah, that yeah. way as well. Mm-hmm. So the, the pagan technique is more driven by superstition. And so it this is not superstition superstitious necessarily. Well, I guess it could be, but it's not meant to be. Uh, the pagan technique is superstitious. It is, it's putting trust in a method mm-hmm. rather than God. So I'll run through a list of all the God's names and hopefully I'll hit the right one. And if I say the right thing, I get my prayer uh, answered. Uh, so it's about saying the right thing that sort of unlocks God's treasure or a God, little G's treasure chest mm-hmm. of blessing. If you have the right formula, use the right, right words, you can unlock the unlock the secret key and, and get, get blessed. Um, so as long as this person, as long as you don't think of following ACTS as a method that somehow uniquely gets mm-hmm. an answer from God, yeah. and you could do that with the Lord's Prayer too. I think mm-hmm. the Lord's Prayer is used superstitiously mm-hmm. frequently. Mm-hmm. That's what's so ironic is that people will just pray the Lord's Prayer. And yeah. uh, okay, well, and so something's going to happen if you do that. Um, so I think you could use the Lord's Prayer superstitiously. I think you could use the acronym ACTS. We could use, you can use the prayer of Jabez. That was mm-hmm. a thing back in when? The 80s or 90s? <laughs> 90s. The, 90s. The, 90s, the prayer of Jabez could be... Was it? 96. I don't even want to know the story. But if you remember the <laughs> year... The story behind happened. the prayer? The story behind the fact no, that the Rob fact knows, he knows the, the year. year. Something I happened. I remember. <laughs> Rob was like church disciplined over that prayer or something. <laughs> yeah. thought something happened in 96. That, <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. Goodness. Uh, fifth grade, I did an ant project. 96, I was kicked out. I was disfellowship. Dis- you have lived a long life. Yeah, you have. <laughs> I, had a lot, I had a lot of needs in 96. Okay, okay. So let's just okay. put it that way. But you can use anything uh, as, sure. a, as a superstitious method of manipulating God. I, re- I saw a book one time. The title was How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. 
Awesome. <laughs> yes. And so I don't, I don't know anything about the book. I yeah. didn't read the book. So I'm just commenting on the title. That sounds to me like how to manipulate God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and how do you do that? By a certain, I do something and God has to do something. So, and whenever we're praying and thinking, this is the danger of prosperity theology, right? Mm-hmm. I, if I do this, God must do that. Right. If I pray this way, he must answer. That's pagan prayer. Um, whereas God honoring prayer is acts, adoring him, confessing, acknowledging our need, thanking him, etc. Or it's the Lord's prayer, which is the one he's given us, which is three requests about him, his kingdom, his name, his glory, and then acknowledging our need for a provision, for forgiveness, and for protection. And so if we're doing that, leaning on God, looking to God, uh, then this person, I would just say, you have nothing to worry about in terms of, um, you know, a sort of a technique or formula-driven prayer. That's not what I was trying to say. It's not yeah. what the Gentiles were doing yeah. at yeah, all. Yeah. So it's a great question. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems, uh, especially in, in Matthew 6, where we're talking about, you know, Gentiles, uh, or, or really the pagans who he's talking about, just throwing up prayers to right. every to Many every words. deity. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, with the hope of uh, one of them, yeah, one of those yeah, prayers yeah. sticking. It's like, it really, it's a question of intent of, you know, are, is your intention in praying to just get what you want or is your intention right. in praying to know God to to commune with him to be in relationship with him because I mean yeah I mean if you're just praying up all these prayers and just waiting right. for any old deity to answer it then you're just sure you, know, you don't care uh you just want your answer prayer you don't care who it comes from so and we can do that with the God we believe in yeah, you know with Christ sure. we can do that with the Lord as well so yeah. This was. These were great questions, Jared. Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed I, them. Grace Church is coming on strong. Man, they are really getting behind this podcast. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, did you have any uh, any thoughts on that, Rob? Well, the or? only though interesting thing about you that, have thoughts and you're not saying question. them. Well, I, this, I'm new to this. I'm new to this thing. Like you guys, you know, y'all have y'all have banter and um. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You've contributed significantly. New kid on the block. Ant banter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The only thing uh, that I find interesting as you were preaching on Sunday, Craig, was the uh, the idea that Jesus is teaching in some ways a structure to, sure. your, to your prayer. And so I, I also use the ACTS sure. as a structure for, for a number of years. And I've taught, I've taught that with my boys as a way of structuring prayer. Right. But in some ways, it's exactly... That's the that form that that structure of ACTS is that structure of the Lord's Prayer. You could look at it that way. For sure. When yeah. Jesus says, "Hallowed be Your name," that's adoration. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you know, uh, help me to forgive my sins. Yeah. I, I mean, to forgive my debtors and help me, you know, to walk uh, open before You. That's that's confession, et cetera, et cetera. So For it just sure. seems as though you're taking that the Lord's Prayer and and I don't even know the original teaching, but it seems like it's it's the same thing. It's uh, using a structure for prayer. Yeah, I yeah. think it's a memorable, helpful model mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Cool. Well, I think that's it as far as questions go. Uh, let's talk about things coming up at the church. So earlier we uh, threw a little taster, a little tasty tasty taster out there for people in tasty taster I don't know in mentioning like uh, Rise Up Weekend yeah we're all like little, little just sugar going carb. to the nectar yeah. of uh, Rise Up Weekend so uh, Rob would you mind unbottling that nectar for all of us <laughs> <laughs> unbottling the nectar. Okay, let me unbottle. Let me unbottle the net the nectar of uh, Rise Up Weekend. So, 
I guess if I could, if I could be as, as succinct as possible, which I never am. Well, let, uh, me, let me say this before yeah. you jump in. Um, so this podcast is churchwide. There's a lot of people that listen to this who may not necessarily yes. uh, be connected with the square or with our student ministry or uh, maybe with Rise Up Weekend. Yes. Um, but I, I think this is a cool opportunity for us to one connect as a church around areas of church life that maybe we just don't really pay attention to or really know because we're right. not personally there. But we are in relationship with people who are, and so I think this is a cool opportunity for us to know what's going on. Um, but two, uh, even more than that, I think this is a good opportunity for us to hear from you what's going on. And then at the end, I just want to ask you, you know, what are some practical ways we can be praying for Rise Up Weekend as it's uh, as it's coming up? So That's why don't you uh, yeah. filling, fill us in on some of the details, maybe give us the idea behind, you know, the theme and everything. And then... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, for those who are who are new, so the square is what we call our student ministry. That's sixth through twelfth. It's all our teenagers in our church, sixth through sixth grade through twelfth grade. And uh, and Rise Up Weekend we started about five years ago, and it's a it's a weekend it's a weekend retreat, but it's a retreat that you don't go away for. So it's mm-hmm. not a weekend retreat that you're, you know, you're going to a, to a camp. We're not opposed to that idea, but. Um, uh, for a lot of reasons, we like the the model where the the retreat stays in house. So it's a retreat where you stay in house. Uh, you do all your main sessions at the church to avoid uh, the ants. What's that? <laughs> to avoid the ants. <laughs> to avoid the ants. Exactly. You yeah. can do a lot in, in January, February. So um, anyway, so you, you do all your main sessions at the church building, and then you go and do small group and stay overnight in host homes. So we, yeah. you know, all our host homes are ministry safe. All our leaders are ministry safe and, mm-hmm. and trained and, and vetted and and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. But we put a lot of effort into it because a lot of students, uh, you'd be surprised, sixth graders, seventh graders, and eighth graders all through high school, uh, deal with a ton of uh, expectations on them, a lot of stress that they deal with, and an extreme busyness. Um, yeah, we yeah, talk about this right. a lot. There's a there's a, a kind of a fragmentation in the family across the United States, and uh, and Frisco, in, in some ways, to me, seems like it's the the pinnacle of that because I see true. families and students that are pulled in the world of academics, in the world of athletics, in the world of hobby, in the all kinds of things. There's this there's this subtle on ramp that happens um, regardless of if you do public school, private school, homeschool doesn't matter. There's this subtle on ramp that's that's taught at a, at a very young age that you need to figure things out really quick. Right. So by seventh grade, eighth grade, students are are kind of pressured into figuring out who they are and what they're supposed to do and wow. what are they good at and what are they not good at. So, so let's stop exploring all the options. Let's just hone in on uh, you're a basketball player or you're a you're in orchestra now, or you're only doing piano now, because wow. you can do these things year round. So, like when I was a kid, you, you didn't you didn't have an opportunity to do yeah. baseball year round. You had one opportunity, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was it. But it's not the case anymore, for better or for worse. That it's a it's a blessing, but it's also a, a bit of a curse. So, so the weekend is about students pulling away from all of that, all that burden, all that expectation. And, and us pouring into them the truth of the gospel, who they are in Christ, uh, who, who, who they're supposed to be long term, mm, uh, the kind of relationships they're supposed to develop both with the Lord and with, with each other. Uh, and, to, and for some who aren't Christians to, to consider 
the truth of the gospel, to consider who God is, consider what Christ has done for them to, to, to bridge the relationship uh, from lostness to being found by a father. And so, uh, so it's a real, it's a real strategic opportunity to introduce students to Christ, but it's also kind of a, a jumping off point for discipleship among our students uh, across the board. That's great. Yeah. Love That's it. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, how can we be praying for it coming up? Well, you can pray. Uh, one thing, uh, real practically, you can pray for registrations. Uh, everything starts in January in the life of all churches, but in the life of our church as well. So a lot of, a lot of new things are starting right now. And so, uh, and, and just the way that, that family works and the rhythms of life work, a lot of things just, you just don't register till the last minute. So we got a deadline this, uh, this coming Sunday. So we're encouraging as many of our students uh, to register as possible. And then for them, uh, if they've invited a friend, they need to go ahead and register uh, you know, as quick as possible too, because it's the Sunday. So that's one, one area of prayer. Okay. Uh, the other thing is pray for our teachers. I'm going to be teaching at it. Aaron Paul is going to be teaching at it. Craig Cabanis is going to be teaching. Uh, so pray for those teaching times. Uh, we have a, a guest band coming in, a breakaway band that we use for our dare to share live cool. event back in October. Excellent. They're phenomenal. They're going to be joining us on Sunday, uh, following the event, January 27th as well. So, so pray for them, pray for the teachers, and uh, mostly pray for the small group time because that's that's where the action is. It's when yes. you start to unpack the truths and start to be open and honest. And uh, it's tough for everybody to be open and honest and, and uh, really tough for a teenager who doesn't necessarily know everybody in the group to be open and honest. So really pray for the Holy Spirit to break through that um, temptation to sort of hold back and and not be open and, uh, and real with others. So yeah. uh, we're asking God to do that as well. That's good. That's good. Sounds like it's going to be a great time. So yeah, let's go ahead and do that church. Let's, uh, let's commit to be, uh, praying for those things. And, uh, uh, and, uh, we're just trusting God for good things. It's going to be great. Yeah. Thank so, you. Cool. Uh, yeah. any, anything else? No, I just, uh, thanks for being on with us, Rob. And thanks, yeah, for, for, sure. thanks for all you do to, uh, you know, to, to serve families in our church and to serve the kids. I really appreciate you and the way you are, uh, take that so seriously and, uh, you fear the Lord and you really love the kids, love, the, love their parents and want to see the Lord move in their lives. So thanks, thanks for your example in that. And, um, so we're looking forward to hearing great stories. May there be conversions and kids, uh, affected yeah. profoundly Amen, by right the Lord. Yeah. That's great. Very thank cool. Thank you. Well, thanks thank again you. for joining us, Rob. And yes. uh, as always, Craig, thank you for your time and your beard. Great to be here. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Thanks for hosting. All right. Yeah, yeah, no problem. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.